Uni Taster Days proudly presents The Uni Guide. The Uni Guide. For parents and teachers. The guidance podcast you need to support students with university decisions. Welcome back listeners to the Uni Guide and in this episode we are going to be looking at vocational technical qualifications and vocational educational training. Just before we explore these different pathways with our special guest I'm going to welcome back my co-host, my trusty co-host John. Welcome John. Hi, welcome back listeners. I'm John Cheek. I'm the founder of Uni Taste Days. Welcome back John. Great to have you with us on this journey as we embark on vocational qualifications and pathways. Together with a special guest later, we'll be exploring all the different qualifications that young people can choose and the paths that they can lead them to, whether that's university or not. Uh, but that reminds me, John, do you remember when you were on that quite you know, famous game show and you asked loads of questions on vocational qualifications, weren't you? Don't remind me. Look, John, sorry to bring it up. We've got a particular focus on BTEC um, in this episode, so I think it's relevant if we just go back in our machine just into the mists of time do we have to i'm afraid we do john i think that might be a good starting point for our listeners as always listeners please play along here we go welcome back from the break we're here with john cheek as he tries to win a kit kat What's the next question we have for you, John? It's around vocational education. Here is the question. What does BTEC stand for? That's B-T-E-C. What does BTEC stand for? So we've got some options here for you. A, Tertiary Educational Council. B, Business and Technology Education Council. C, Business and Technical Committee or D, Big Technical Educational Concepts. So what does BSTEC stand for? Is it A, B, C, or D? What do we think, John? Wow. Um, I would probably, uh, uh, I will go for um, Business and Technology Education Council with no confidence whatsoever. And is that your final answer, John? I'm just listening out for any coughs. No, I'm going to go, I'll, 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 yeah, I'll go, go for that. Yeah. Let's play B, final answer. On B, final answer has been locked in. Brilliant, John. Well done. You went for B, and that was the correct answer, of course. BTEC stands for Business and Technology Education Council. You get on to the next question. Well done. Brilliant stuff. And don't forget, you have got your free lifelines if you need to use them. I've got got absolutely no faith in my phone and friends, so (laughs) I'm leaving him. (laughs) What does GNVQ stand for? Is it A, General National Vocational Qualification? B, Great new vocational qualification. C, getting nowhere very quickly. Or D, generally not valued qualification. What do we think, John? Uh, pretty confident on this one. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to play and I'll go for A, please, Tim. And that's your final answer. 
Jeremy, whichever one we're going to run with. Final answer has been locked in. Yes, John, well done. GMVQ, of course, stands for General National Vocational Qualification. On to question three. Okay, John, you're doing really well. This question is the following, so please listen carefully. How many universities in England do not currently accept BTECs as an entry qualification? Is it A, one, B, two, C, three, or D, four? Over to you, John. And don't forget, you've got those lifelines, of course. I'm not sure, but I do, coincidentally, I do have an expert friend that knows a fair bit about vocational qualifications. His name is Chris. Um, yeah, and he's my nominated phone friend. So I'm going to go, uh, so if you don't mind phoning Chris, please. So final answer, I'm going to be calling Chris, Chris Bays. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I'll go for Chris. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't know any more wiser Chris's, so I'll go for Chris Bays. I hope he's in. <laughs> Hello, is that Chris? Hello. Hiya, Chris. Uh, I've got John Cheek here, and you're his phone a friend. Yes, you on. Who wants to be a millionaire? Who'd have thought it? Um, he's gonna, I'm going to pass you over to John very quickly, and he's got 30 seconds to explain the question, and then you can help him. I'm going to pass you over to John now. Hi, Chris. Uh, I need to be quick because I've only got 30 seconds. So my question is, I'm doing incredibly well, um, so don't mess it up for me. How many universities in England do not currently accept BTEX as an entry qualification? My choices are one, two, three, or four. Oh, I think it's one. How sure are you, Chris? I'd say 90% sure. Oof. I'm, I'm sure that it's one. Thank you. Well, I'm going to play, I'll play, I'll, I'll back Chris, I'll play one. That's your final answer, John? Yes. Join us after this short break. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's going for one, so it's one university. Let's see if that's right. Yes, I'm pleased to say that's correct. Well done, Chris. Well done, John. It is one university that doesn't accept entry qualification of being the BTEC. And of course we know the BTEC. What does the BTEC stand for? The BTEC stands for, as we covered before, Business and Technology Education Council. Okay, so we've got one more question for you, John. The last one. Um, unfortunately, we haven't got the million pounds. We've got the Kit Kat um, that's up for grabs again. See if we can win it. So the pressure is on. Okay, John, the next question is related to the last one. Which university does not accept BTEC at all as an entry qualification? So as a follow up, we're asking you to name that university. So here are the options we have. A, University College London. B, Oxford University. C, Cambridge University. Or D, Imperial College London. A, B, C or D, what do we think, John? Whoa, no um... pressure. And I've used my phone a friend. Um, mm -hmm. You've got right, a 50 50 and ask your audience. I have no confidence in the audience whatsoever, so I'm not going to use them. Um, I'll go, Tim, if I can. I'll use 50 50, please. And hopefully, I'm going to be left with. Um, yeah, hopefully, I'll, uh, yeah, go 50 50. I can confirm that has left two options. So that is B, Oxford University, and the remainder, D. 
which is Imperial College London. What do we think, John? Oh, well, see, I thought 50-50, you're going to leave them with B and C, Oxford or Cambridge. Mm. So in which case, uh, I'm going to play does not accept BTEX. I'm going to play Oxford B. So B, Oxford. Is that your final answer, John? Because this is the last question. Uh, final answer, B, Oxford. Thank you. B is locked in. Oh, oh, no. Yes, I'm sorry, John. The correct answer for those wondering was D, Imperial College, London. So close to that Kit Kat, I could almost taste it. So sorry, John. Sorry to bring back some painful memories for you, John, there. Uh, didn't get the Kit Kat in the end. But I think, if anything, your your quest for the Kit Kat, it, it highlighted different areas of qualifications that you can take um, and BTECs. You know, I thought, I thought that guy... You phoned, you phoned a friend, Chris. You know, he, he sounded like he knew quite a lot about this sort of area. Probably more than us, if we're honest. So I took the liberty of booking Chris. So I would just like to bring in and welcome Chris, Chris Bays, to the UniGuide podcast. Welcome, Chris. Uh, you're going to help us on our quest today as we talk about vocational pathways that young people can take. Yeah, thanks very much, Tim. So my name's Chris. I work currently as program manager for an organization with called SEA and we work largely with sort of small and specialist providers of higher education supporting them with um, evaluation of the WP funded activities. Great to have you with us Chris welcome to the uni guide uh, you're a bit of a, an expert in BTEX particularly um, and you've done a lot of work particularly um, in sort of vocational education and pathways would you just like to tell us a little bit about that and your background i'm also um chair of neon's working group around supporting the access success and progression of vocational students and have been since that group was sort of formed in 2018 so yeah there's clearly a reason why john had you as his phone a friend um can you just give us a bit of an explanation for those who don't know who neon are and what they represent NEON is the National Education Opportunities Network and it's um, basically like a membership organisation which largely consists of those that work as practitioners within the widening access um, agenda. So they can be either people working in outreach, um, in widening participation, within um, higher education institutions also have well they also have like a lot of members um from like the UniConnect partnerships um which basically a government funded collaborative outreach project yeah that's right if you cast your mind back to our first episode we had Ant who shared his experience of going to university um he's from High Horizons UniConnect associate director there and uh, we also had Ian McGarry who talked about student finance as well. So that was from Greater Manchester Higher. So that's just an example of the UNICEP partnerships, the 29 of them across the country. Okay, Chris, so where's your interest in vocational uh, pathways, particularly BTEC, come from? My interest in this subject really comes from that and from working, I suppose, in two quite traditional um, universities where students who had accessed um, courses within those institutions from like vocational or non-traditional backgrounds where um, 
perhaps seen as kind of like slightly like second class citizens. That to me was um, something that I didn't really think was fair. Therefore, kind of, I spoke to Neon and I was a kind of um, executive member of that organisation at that time and said, this is something probably that someone should be doing um, something about. And they said, um, yeah, why don't you set up a working group? So um, that's kind of where my involvement in this part of the widening access agenda started. As I say, it's been kind of like a privilege and an honour to be involved in kind of lobbying, I suppose, over the past year or so, 18 months, to kind of um, protect student choice and safeguard the future the BTEC qualification. But obviously, there's a, a broad kind of spectrum of vocational education that we can talk about um, in this um, podcast. Uh, so we're going to get into now what is vocational education, the pathways to qualifications that you can do. But before that, we need a definition. What is it? What is it that you can do? What isn't it? How is it portrayed? So, John, do you have any sort of idea of a definition or what does vocational education, for example, mean to you? Thanks, Tim. Uh, yeah, and, and it's right. So it'll be really interested to hear what, what Chris thinks about it. But to me, uh, just at a very basic level, uh, vocational to me means learning by doing often very practical subjects but probably the key thing is is often their subjects that are linked to jobs so it's where students maybe at the age of 16 17 already have a good idea of what they want to do in long term when it comes to a job so often they'll, they'll pick a vocational subject to prepare, prepare them for that one note though um, i'm not a big fan of if i'm honest and it'd be interesting again to get get your thoughts chris on this i'm not a big fan on the term vocation i think again it's in the, in the sector, as an education sector, we we sometimes make words unnecessarily complicated. But but um, um, Chris, it'd be useful just to get your thoughts on on what you, if you're happy, just to follow up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it is an interesting area, and I think the point you've made about about whether it's an appropriate word in the modern era is, is interesting. And I was looking like whilst I was preparing for this for like that kind of nice um easy definition of, of what what it is and i kind of i did find one that i thought sort of fitted the bill so basically vocational education and training defined as a non-university education carried out at state educational institutions such as colleges technical schools so i thought that that was kind of quite clear on what vocational education and training is and I think that the and training bit is important because like John rightly says it's been long viewed as maybe like a gateway to particular careers and job roles possibly. Yeah just at this point in the podcast uh, one of the key vocational pathways qualifications we are going to look at today is BTEC because of the popularity and the chances of so many young people considering them. So I'm just going to give you a quick overview of the BTEC qualification. So BTEC as we know stands for Business and Technology Education Council. So BTECs are specialist work related qualifications. The idea here is that combine practical learning with subject and theory content. There are over 2,000 BTEC qualifications across 16 different sectors. 
They are available from entry level through to professional qualifications up to level seven. This is, this is equivalent to postgraduate study. For example, a master's degree. Who are they for? VTechs are designed for young people interested in a particular sector or industry, but perhaps aren't certain yet what job they'd like to do in the future. Students could study a BTEC at level two or level three, either alongside academic qualifications or as part of a wider programme, such as an apprenticeship. Students could also study a BTEC as a standalone course. BTEC qualifications are flexible. Students can take one alongside or perhaps instead of GCSEs or A-levels in schools and colleges. They're also usually studied full-time, either in college or jointly between a school and a college. As I mentioned before, there are over 2,000 BTEC qualifications across 16 sectors. I'm going to give you the, the sectors here. So you can go from applied science, we've got art and design. Business. Childcare. Construction. Engineering. Media. Health and social care. Hospitality. ICT. Land-based. Performing arts. Public services. Sport. Travel and tourism. There are different types of BTECs too. So we've got BTEC First. These are available from level entry to, to level two. So these are similar to GCSEs. So these offer you a kind of introduction to work in a vocational sector. You've got BTEC Nationals. So these are available from level three. So these basically are similar to, to A-levels and equivalent to A-levels. Many of these are well regarded by universities, further education colleges and employers. A BTEC national qualification can lead to employment, continuing study, or professional development and programs. Chris, I'd like to get your thoughts, uh, particularly with the BTEC, as I mentioned, just the outline there. So it should be good that we have, you know, we have these different qualifications and different choices that people can take, whether it's academic, stereotypically academic, like an A level, or whether people can use a BTEC and have that mixture of of, of vocational. Uh, and different ways that they can they can they can choose their course and the way that they study it, but one thing that's come up before we were talking on air, and it's conducive to the research and work that you've done, is that there is an evident lack of esteem how we view different qualifications, be them academic or vocational. Anything you'd like to kind of share and pick up on there? That within this country we do have quite a a long-standing like issue with regards to like vocational education and how it kind of interacts with its academic kind of counterpart. And it's always, not always, well, yeah, for, for a long time, been viewed as almost like a poor relation to academic study. And that in itself is problematic and probably leads to some of the, the issues that we're going to talk about. I think in terms of, of vocational, the, the biggest question I get when I speak to students is related around university. So for those students that are doing more vocational subjects, be it a BTEC or, or, or anything else, and the biggest question they always have is, is will university X accept me? And it's probably as a practitioner the, the, the most difficult question to ask because there's no, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there's any clear guidance on, on, on which universities in one place like vocational subjects don't like them don't like them at all you're right uh, there isn't really huge clarity in terms of which universities like or dislike these qualifications that's interesting chris why do you think that is then part of that is due largely i think to the fact that we have a university sector which used to be 
it used to be divided in quite a, a neat way in that way. So you you would have historically up until the early 90s had um, polytechnics that would have catered for um, those technical kind of qualifications and, you know, universities, i.e. what probably would now be viewed as like your traditional red brick and um, plate glass universities that, um, you know, catered for those kind of academic subjects. But obviously when the, you know, Higher Education Act, I think it was in 1992, removed polytechnics and granted university status, like that kind of neat distinction went and um, it hasn't come back and it's debatable whether it would come back or will come back. Yeah, so many fascinating discussions that you could talk about, about vocational. The point is you can go into universities, young people that you're supporting, whether you're a child or a pupil, can go into university through using vocational qualifications such as BTEC. However, there is confusion around this and further clarity that is needed. Join us after this short break as we will be addressing this directly. Welcome back to the Uni Guide. This is our second part. Thank you for joining us. So guys, you pointed out in the earlier discussions, there is a stigma and sometimes confusion around vocational qualifications such as BTEC. What have you got to say here and how can we help our audience? One of the big challenges that, that I have with, with so-called vocational qualifications is, is the stigma that's often attached to them. So I'll, I'll use BTEC as an example because that's an easy vocational subject for me to, to go to is is BTEC in terms of university is awarded tariff points, right? So, so it gets given tariff points. So if a student in theory is looking at university courses and they say X number of tariff points, if they've got a BTEC of a certain level, distinction or anything else, that's then awarded some tariff points. It should then be very simple for a student that's interested in university to then cross-check whether they can get into their chosen course or university, but it's not because then some universities don't accept them. And I think, I think there's, a, there's a sector with the challenges, like are they accepted in terms of university or are they not? And, and by awarding UCAS points, it therefore makes people, students think they are. But actually, I'll go back to the fact that actually students are asking questions if they're expected, if they're accepted or not, shows that students are aware of the, the stigma that's attached to it. And hopefully, I'll, I'll give you a, a, a strange example, but, but hopefully you'll be able to relate to it. And hopefully, in given this example, I don't upset any of our Scottish listeners. I always remember you know, back when I, I, was, I was 18, I was working at a pub and someone came in with a Scottish banknote. Right? So it's an English pub and someone came into a Scottish bank, banknote and they said, can I use that here? And I was like, well, I think so. And then I went and checked with someone else. And, and actually, the fact we're asking that question is an issue, isn't it? And, and if, if the fact that students are asking if they're BTEC qualifications that are awarded UCAT tariff points, just like a £20 Scottish banknote is worth £20 in England, the fact that we're not sure whether it is accepted or not, there's there's an issue there. And I think as for students, there, there is, even at that age, evidently a stigma. And I think we need to, as a society, as, as, as a sector, as a society, I think we need to, to break that because actually vocational subjects, they offer many, many, many benefits and, and they do prepare students very well for the world of work. Indeed, John, that's a great point. What is evident, and it is ugly, there is a lack of parity of esteem between vocational and academic, and we need to challenge that when we're supporting young people with decisions. But Chris, you had some really interesting points about language and things that we need to consider when we're advising young people. 
going back to one of the universities I used to work in, I remember like sitting in some training there and they talked. Um, it was basically they were showing some of the um, staff who were new starters in the recruitment and widening participation departments, like the type of activity that they delivered to learners in schools. And they talked about how basically the universities standard um, admissions offer would be say an A and two Bs at A level or equivalent or for this particular subject it would be three Bs or equivalent. Now what I kind of later got the student recruitment staff to think about was imagine if you're the kid who isn't studying A level and is hearing repeatedly or equivalent or equivalent, or equivalent. Does that make you feel like that's the type of university environment that you're going to be welcomed in or comfortable or you're going to thrive in? And obviously it doesn't. It doesn't feel very welcoming. Um, and that was a massive eye-opener to that team at the time. So one of the big things we did with the working group was to try and get university outreach professionals to think about the type of information, I suppose, they're providing when they're doing um, their workshops in schools and to try and be as inclusive as possible. Um, and that was one of the four guiding principles that we we, we kind of came up with. Cool. I think it's actually at this point really useful with, with Chris's brilliant points in mind and i love chris the mention about equivalent because the amount of times you hear that a level or equivalent a level or equivalent and i completely agree how does that make a student feel that's not doing a levels um i've just had a, a quick look at what the russell group actually say in terms of vocational qualifications and and they've actually got a resource called informed choices and it's actually a brilliant website so for students you know, for, for teachers and also parents listening to this if students are ever working on option choices the informed choices website the, the Russell group offer is very good and they've got a, a frequently asked questions section and they've actually in fairness to them they've actually you know, got the question that, that most people will want answers answered and that's do russell group universities accept vocational qualifications and they answer it's a long-winded answer but I'll, I'll, I'll use the first bit russell group universities accept this type of qualification where it's appropriate for the course my concern is, and I don't know the answer to this, but it's how consistent that is. So if a student has done a, a certain BTEC and it's unrelated to the course, then yeah. the stats might be it's not accepted. But is that then consistent with A-levels in the sense that a student might have done A-levels that got nothing to do with the course they're applying for? And would I, I, and that's that's where I think it's, it's not that transparent, not that clear how, how they fit. So is that the Russell Group saying that they... Mm. They are accepted as long as is it's not completely you no know, is it as long as there's no link or are they actually saying is that different guidance and that's but I, I think the main point I'd make is is I don't think it's a I don't think the is it the equivalent word is is helpful but it's used loads. Chris, on a general point, um, speaking to our audience, what can they do to help support a young person who's considering vocational qualifications and pathways? Any sort of general points that you want to make? being open to the potential of vocational qualifications is kind of like the first thing to say you know kind of we've talked a little bit about kind of some of the stereotypes that exist around like vocational education but they're often um as a pathway really effective in 
securing like um like a secure kind of employment like progression pathway you know one in four entrants to higher education have studied a BTEC qualification you know so that's obviously 25 percent of learners um you know there's been a massive growth in terms of um those learners entering who've studied a levels in conjunction with um BTECs yeah we mentioned this before what how has that been received then a lot of academics in the last two inst well the last institution that I worked in, you know, noted that students coming in with that um, you know, rounded kind of qualification profile were more rounded students as a consequence of that. So, you know, BTECs are an excellent qualification to think about because they offer flexibility. They're not kind of narrow in the sense that they force you to go down a pathway that's either higher education or employment they're recognized um i would say largely equally by both universities and employers so you know they're definitely something that young people um should consider really briefly what about t-levels t-levels are obviously getting a lot of attention at the moment because they're, they're the shiny new thing and we always like shiny new things. They also are qualifications that will be accepted by universities, um, but that's an emerging picture, I would say. And so I wouldn't want to sit here and say that all universities will accept these qualifications because We've seen with the work that we've done with BTEX, that's taken a long time to kind of um, navigate. So what I would say with T-levels, it's like if you're the student who does kind of thrive in that work-based environment and you've got a clear um, sense of a sector or a career that you want to go into, then T-levels could potentially be an excellent option for you. If you are more like I was when I was age 16 and you don't really know what you want to go on and do, um, A, at university, but then B, beyond it, then I would probably hedge my bets and kind of look to do either A-levels or a, um, a combination of A-levels and BTEC because that will probably not limit you um, in the future. And one final thing to just say on that, which is really, really important, maybe more from a kind of university professional point of view, I've talked about kind of the increase in numbers of students who are studying that blended qualification between sort of A-level and beta. The T-level qualification as proposed is quite full on. It's like 80% classroom based and 20% based on placements and they have a, a lotted number of hours that they have to complete on placements. Therefore, doing a T-level in conjunction with A-levels won't be possible and won't be viable in the way that it has been to study A-levels alongside BTECs. And I think that's just something that both, well, I suppose young people, but then advisors and kind of teachers should probably be aware of as well. I, I definitely think that young people shouldn't be kind of um, put off considering vocational pathways. Exactly the same as Chris. I, I, I agree people shouldn't be put off vocational pathways. I think you do a vocational qualification, 
it doesn't it's quite clear it does not close the door to university wide it might close the door to certain universities um but there's a lot of universities out there there's a lot of university courses 40,000 courses out there there's over 100 universities so no doubt there, there is loads of options there and I think there's a lot to be said for students doing something they enjoy as well and if students are going to stay, study a subject for two years it's really important that they spend two years of their their lives and obviously we know we can make money we can but what we can't get back is is time is doing something that, that they do enjoy and I think there's a lot to be said for that and I think sometimes we, we miss that and so so definitely 100% I'd say if a student wants to do vocational qualification they should do one. Sage advice as always join us after this short break for part three where we'll be giving you hints tips links and resources to help you support that young person join us shortly welcome back to the third part of the uni guide listeners we are talking about vocational qualifications so what have we got between us that we can share hints tips links and resources we talked a little bit before about how um, maybe awareness of the T-level qualification um, amongst young people and amongst parents has got some way to go. Um, so there was a piece of research undertaken by the Institute of Mechanical Engineering, IMECI, which um, was undertaken earlier this year. And basically that shows that only um, one in five respondents of to their survey had heard of T-levels, which is quite worrying, really. And about eight, well, 70% of, of people um, knew very little about them. Now, within the research, there was the caveat that like 39% um, of parents and carers of 16 to 18 year olds did know something about them, about T-levels. But that really is quite worrying because I guess we we talk, and I know John's done amazing work in this space for a number of years now, that information, advice and guidance in schools is crucial. And if young people aren't, making informed choices like we talked about before um it can be quite dangerous you know so if you are thinking about studying a t-level what i would say is that the government website's actually really really comprehensive and kind of provides quite a strong overview of what a t-level is what it isn't you know where it could lead you in the future. And I would say that it's probably more comprehensive than anything else for a particular qualification type. That's probably because they want it to be successful. So, you know, have a little look on there. Um, if you are thinking about your, um, you know, level three and beyond. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there's there's obviously a lot of um resources available um in this space, and we've talked about a lot of stuff tonight. So, with regards to advisors and kind of those working maybe within schools, but also universities, there's like like a guiding principles publication that myself and colleagues from neon produced around how to support BTEC students back in 2020 linked to that i would sort of talk about kind of 
if you are a teacher or an advisor in school and you feel passionately like I do that the BTEC is a qualification that should be you know kind of um retained then the protect student choice um website is is really important and that's um something that the association of sixth form colleges have led um for young people i would obviously say you know john mentioned the informed choices website that the russell group have produced um and associated resources being good and a degree and i would also you know I'm not just saying this because I'm on John Uni Taste the Days do amazing, um, you know, work in that information, advice, and guidance space. And, you know, with regards to T levels, I've mentioned the um, website that the governments have produced, which does really comprehensively kind of cover what a T level is, what it isn't, and kind of some potential pathways there. Um, so though those are just a few resources that um hopefully people will find helpful. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Chris. Uh John, do you, you want to add anything? Thanks, Chris. That's really useful. The the only additional one that I was going to add, uh, you also mentioned that's the informed choices website, which as well as as Chris mentioned about being a really useful resource, it's also really helpful if you're a teacher working with students making option choices or a parent supporting students when it comes to option choices that perhaps know what they want to do at uni or perhaps don't know if they want to go to uni or, or don't know what they want to do at uni. It's a really useful website that, that will kind of showcase and, and make it very transparent what the Russell Group's stance is on, on, on uh, choices in relation to university participation. Okay, thank you both. Uh, that just leaves me to say thanks very much for listening and thanks, special thanks to John. We'll see you next time. And special thanks to our guest today, Chris. Thank you for all your, your knowledge and insights in vocational training and education. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Um, and yeah, cheers. Thanks. You've been listening to the Uni Guide, the guidance podcast you need to support students with university decisions. If you have any comments, suggestions to ask a question or absolutely anything else, do contact us using info at unitasterdays.com. Stay tuned, like and share, and as always, take care. This podcast was produced by Tim Rowe for Uni Taster Days.